The Cy Young Award winners have been announced, and the Mariners have made a few roster moves here recently that have some of us scratching our heads. This is episode 35 of the Hit It Here podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm very excited about today's sponsor, Bet Online. The last of major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and even college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online will remain your top spot for all of your live betting actions and contests. They've got NFL, like I already said, college basketball, college football, UFC, and NHL. If you wanted to bet on some Kraken hockey, baby, you're able to on Bet Online. I mentioned the NFL. You can bet on the Rams Seahawks game this weekend if you wanted to. Go Hawks. It's going to be an easy dub no matter what. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news odds, trends, and predictions as well. They've also got desktop and mobile access at any time. So if you're on your couch watching the game, place a bet from your phone if you'd like to, or if you're at your setup, place a bet from desktop and you'll be good to go. Head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code believe for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's believe B L E A V. There you've got plenty of different things to bet on even the mlb like free agency or you could bet on who would win certain awards but blake snell he just won the cy young is he going to be a seattle mariner well you can place a bet on that with bet online today bet online where the game starts and we're starting like i mentioned already blake snell he just won the national league cy young got 28 first place votes and we all know that we just, I mean, we, last podcast topic was about Blake Snell. He wants to be a Mariner. If the, you know, cards are in our favors again with signing a, a pitcher coming off a Cy Young award-winning season, just like Robbie Ray did back in 2021 going into 2022, that signing's probably not going to happen for another two weeks because it was finalized on the 29th of November last time. So if you're wanting something to be announced soon, don't count on it quite yet. But we did also get some exciting news about the American League Cy Young results specifically for some Seattle Mariners. Colton, what were those results? Yeah, so Garrett Cole came out on top winning the American League Cy Young. I know there was talks that maybe Luis Castillo could win it before like the month of September happened. And unfortunately for Luis, he did fall to fifth in the Cy Young votes, but also George Kirby finished eight. So two Mariners in the top 10 in Cy Young voting for the American League in 2023. I mean, that's pretty good. It just goes to show how good the Mariners rotation was this or this season. And even going into next season, like you said, possibly looking at Blake Snell or someone like that, adding another Cy Young Award winner who's now won it twice, I believe, mm-hmm. would it be it'd be a big addition, you know, to this rotation. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Robbie Ray's won it. There's a bunch of Cy Young Award winners in that rotation. So, you know, it's there. But for the Mariners, very, very cool to have two guys in the top 10. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, potential pedigree in that rotation for the years to come because, I mean... Kirby in his second season getting the top eight. Who knows? Next year could be the year for George Kirby where he cracks into the top three and is a finalist. Maybe he even wins it all. In other Mariners news, of course, we all know that the offseason and rumblings and stuff, it's starting to heat up slightly. And there was talk that maybe trades and stuff were going to happen a bit more with the Rule 5 draft and the 40-man roster kind of deadline. It approached last week, earlier, earlier this week, sorry. And nothing really happened. But there was one move you mentioned at the top of the show that kind of scratched our heads at. Yeah, Mike Ford is gone once again. The guy who stabilized the DH position for the Seattle Mariners in 2023 is gone. You guys know my affinity for big, beefy boys that hit tanks, all right? Because I aspire to be that one day. Joe and I aspire to be big, beefy boys who strike out all the time but hit tanks. I don't know. And Mike I, Ford, Daniel I don't, want, I don't know if you want me, like, you're speaking for me right now. 
I'm speaking for you. As you guys can see, the Daniel Vogelbach jersey, which you may or may not be able to see on Joe's layout, it, uh, you know, it, it, it pains me to see another big beef boy go. But alas, Mike Ford, the Barnacle Sun, is gone. Zach Deloach was added to the Mariners 40-man roster. He hit like 283 last year. So, Close, yeah. I don't know. He's a corner outfielder for the Seattle Mariners. He's a guy that I don't really expect to see a whole lot of time for them but with that being said he also probably would have been picked up by somebody at some point maybe like an athletics or something like that just as a guy to give a chance you know what i mean so i understand why the mayors made the move it's still kind of questioning why you know it wasn't evan white or someone like that obviously we don't know the contract with evan white they still think that maybe he can come back healthy obviously we know the story with evan white so i think it would have made a lot more sense for it to be evan white than say mike ford but here we are mike ford is going to be a free agent again he always somehow ends up coming back to the seattle mariners joe how do, how do you feel about this move? He could clear waivers and still remain within the, the team, right? I mean, I think he can reject it. And oh, can he and become a free agent yeah. and then just come back? I believe so. I guess yeah. that's a good point. Regardless, I mean, if we were going into 2024 with Mike Ford as our DH or, you know, kind of holding that roster spot hostage, essentially, that's not necessarily a good thing either. I think it is just kind of, we haven't seen anything happen yet. So until something does, it's going to be a head scratching move because he put up what the third or fourth highest WRC plus on our team last year. Obviously he's not a qualified batter because he doesn't have the same amount of innings or plate appearances, whatever, as some of the other guys that we're seeing every day innings. However, in the spots that he got, dude was pretty damn serviceable. And if we don't have production from DH, from the DH spot at the beginning of the year next year, just like we started off 2023 with trying to roll out Hummel and Listella, and we didn't get Ford up until June, it's just going to be another move where we're like, what were they doing? Because holding onto that spot, and it's like, what, he was going to get made, paid like a million dollars, maybe like 1.5 next year? Yeah. Like what's, it's not that big of a deal. Who cares? Who cares, yeah. right, who cares? at that point? But also in that same vein, who cares about trying to hold that DH spot reserve it for mike ford when there's obvious upgrades out there it's just a matter of whether or not the mariners do go through with that and make some upgrades themselves in free agency there's also you know uh, some targets maybe in the rule five draft that they're looking at that you know could potentially be a spot troy johnston from the marlins is a guy that was a phenomenal hitter for them last year in 2023 in AAA, and they just said nah we're good we don't need to protect him i think he hit like 300 last year he's 26 so he's pretty much damn near as MLB ready as you can get for a guy that maybe isn't a highly touted prospect or someone that's going to come and blow the the doors off the place. But as a Mike Ford replacement, it could make a lot of sense if say he falls to the Mariners, but given what I've seen from about him, I don't really think he would fall to the Mariners in that respect. Yeah. And I agree with that. A couple other guys that the Mariners did not protect Alberto Rodriguez, uh, Taylor Dollard, Axel Sanchez, and Luis Sweetbell, 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 Sweetbell. Yeah, Sweetbell. Mm-hmm. So none of those guys were protected. Deloach was protected. Um, do you think any of those guys have a chance to get picked up anywhere else? I don't really know because Sanchez didn't have a very great year last year. I doubt Sweetbell because he's twenty and a ball. Like, no. Maybe Taylor Dollard if they want to, someone takes a flyer on him because he was in AAA. So like he's probably the closest major league ready pitcher of like maybe not the what did he even pitch last year? Dollard maybe like I uh, a game. Got hurt. Oh, yeah. did he? I don't know. Regardless, he would have been in AAA. I think he was in he was on the Rainiers roster. So had he been healthy, he would have been pitching in AAA. I mm-hmm. guess is where my my brain might have made that connection. But we're not. I'm not going to lose sleep over potentially losing any of those guys. It's not this like crazy. Like, oh no, 
we lost the guy that was not hitting his weight in like a ball. I don't know. It's eh. uh, d- losing Mike Ford makes sense. If you go out there and sign like Cody Bellinger or somebody that absolutely fills that spot. But until that happens, I'd rather have the safety net of Mike Ford. Obviously there's still plenty of offseason left. It's just yeah. tough to see it happen early when we don't know what the rest of the offseason holds. And I'd rather have a guy who at least should he can produce somewhat. I mean, at this point, there's no shot Mike Ford comes back, right? Like, if I'm Mike Ford, I'm like, I'm done with you guys. Stop. I mean, it gets to a point where, like, you know, it's it's like, it's, it's the toxic ex. Like, he just keeps coming yeah, back. Exactly. He yeah. just keeps coming back, you know, asking, you know, hey, are the Mariners, Mariners dating anyone right now? Yeah. You seen anybody? You seen anyone? Oh, hey, I'm 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 single now. My name yeah. is Mike Ford. I mean, again, it's going to be one of those situations where it's May 2024, and he gets designated for assignment by whatever team decides to sign him in this offseason, and then he'll come crawling back. Mm-hmm. That would be my big like what if for Mike Ford is he'll he could be back in some capacity and I would not be surprised Mm -hmm. yeah me neither one bit I think it does make a lot of sense of course we still have time to see what happens with you know Ty France and the mayor's making other moves that you know could or could not happen over the next few months it's just wait and see mode now something that we might not have to wait and see much longer for the replacement for the hitting coach for the Mariners might be on his way Brant Brown, former hitting coach, I think he's a hitting coach in Miami. I don't know like the full job title because coaching staffs are a little bit weird across the MLB. Like the Mariners have two hitting coaches. He was a former hitting strategist with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So it's like, you know, I'm not sure exactly what his role was, but Craig Mish posted on Twitter that Brant Brown might be on his way to Seattle and be paired up with Jarrett DeHart in the coaching staff for the Mariners hitting coach position. Colton, how are you? What are your thoughts? Opinions? Yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. It's not I'll Edgar. It. It's not Edgar. Dang it. Oh, <laughs> that worked so well last time. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, he's been with some good teams. Obviously, the Marlins made it to the playoffs in 2023. He was with the Dodgers before that when Cody Bellinger was there. Wink, wink, hint, hint. So, I don't know. I mean, pairing him up with Jarrett DeHart couldn't hurt. Moving Tony Arnrich to the bullpen, you know, whatever. I think the Mariners are changing it up a little bit in the with the coaching staff, and that's probably the right thing to do after last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the the comments are going to be super happy. The hitting coach, they changed hitting coaches. That'll fix everything. Yeah, the, yeah. The scapegoat from the very beginning of last year when nothing yep. was going right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say that he is the reason why Luis Arise was flirting with 400. But let's just for uh-huh. some for some narrative ball. Why not? Why not sure. say that it's all all thanks to Brant Brown? So JP Crawford, welcome to the 400 Club next year. Happy to have you, bud. Yeah, I know that uh, in the comments of that Craig Mish tweet, a lot of the Marlins fans were upset. So good to know. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like I know anything about Brant Brown, and I did zero research before we came on this podcast. Whoa. Um, so hey, you know, let me let me just peel back the uh, the facade here. I did zero research. I don't know anything about this guy, but the Marlins fans seemed upset. So cool. I'm sure Axon will be in the comments telling me exactly what Brant Brown <laughs> has done in the past. Yeah, given his I don't I don't know how you can measure the success of a hitting coach necessarily aside from like just team batting success, but mm. for those conversations around like, "Oh, you know, the players can only do so much or the coach has got to do more." Like, how much can a hitting coach really impact? Like, how can you measure their success? Obviously, there's times and places where situations don't work fits don't happen like sean casey with the yankees right they tried it i think they're going their separate ways and i saw a decent amount of like pushback from 
Twitter sphere world that maybe they should have kind of let Casey write it out there in New York. So if Brant Brown comes in and the Mariners are hitting, great. It'll be good for him. If they aren't and they're, the hitting woes kind of continue and perpetuate throughout 2024, we all know who's going to get the finger pointed at him the most aside all from Scott Brown's fault. Yeah. yeah. Can't believe I can't believe Brant Brown's gonna make the Mariners have a subpar offense. That's crazy, bro. If you guys are enjoying the podcast so far, whether you're on YouTube, make sure to leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And if you're on the audio end on Spotify or Apple, we had a huge episode last time on Monday with Blake Snell episode. We almost eclipsed 100 downloads. So if you guys are, you know, curious about where we're at in terms of the audio spectrum, make sure to check us out on those. And thank you to Believe for bringing us on as the Mariners representative for the Believe Podcast Network. The next topic up ahead is how rob manford is continuing to dismantle the game that we love the pitch clock the ever so you know this big problem from last offseason i think turned out okay in 2023 i didn't re- you know pretty good they're wanting to make more changes to it colton what is that change so uh robbie manford wants to change it to 18 seconds with runners on instead of 20 seconds i yeah whatever like That's so negligible <laughs> And it's just like, I would rather just go the other way. I think it maybe should be a little bit longer, like add two seconds. Like maybe it'd be 17 with nobody on yeah. and 22 just to, I, I, I still, and I don't know again, if there's any data backing this up, I still worry about pitcher injuries because yeah. it's like, that's the thing that I worry about with the most. And I don't, again, no data to back this up. I'm sure there are guys out there that are, or machines or something out there that are running, you know, that kind of running the numbers, running the numbers, but for right now, I don't know. I still worry about pitcher injuries, uh, speeding it up that quick. 18 seconds down from 20. I mean, I don't know. Some of my, like, when you're in the heat of a game, you need to not have something where, you know, bases are loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs and winning runs on third base. And, oh, whoops, he walked the guy because it, he thought he had two more seconds. No. That's yeah. just, I, why? Why continuously change it when all the guys finally adapted last year mm-hmm. to what they did? I don't know. Rob Manfred shut up <laughs> i think i hate you. i know we know <laughs> i think if i if i had to guess why they would want to make this change instead of 20 seconds it being 18 they probably looked at all the data maybe not all the majority of the data in a set that was the runners in scoring position the average time a pitcher or like you know whatever the average time in which the pitch was thrown right and they probably found that not many pitchers were probably going all the way down to that 20 seconds if I had to take a stab at why they might want to continue to reduce and increase the pace of play, it was the fastest MLB season like ever. I don't think there's any way you can really go against that argument in terms of just pace of play, time of games, whatever. So if they want to continue to bring the action quicker, that's ultimately the goal and create less downtime in between, you know, moments of action. Those two seconds, I really don't think it's going to make that much of a difference, but if I had to try and pinpoint where it would be it's just probably because pitchers weren't using the full 20 seconds right two seconds is a long time dude two that's what i've been thinking the whole time is those are some valuable two seconds very valuable a lot can happen sometimes that's all you need to you know throw the pitch right come set and then you're you're there and you're done with that the pit you said it the pitch is already adjusted why make this change again so a guy like Munoz who wants to come set quick and pitch the ball home even faster, he was never really going down to the 18 to 20 anyways. So for him, I don't think he's going to be that affected. But 
for guys that I can't even like, who's a guy that likes to let the pitch clock go down? Like Bryce Miller did Bryce, was he got a guy that likes to like, kind of like let James the clock go down? Aaron check. Well, yeah, of course he, I mean, but he wasn't seen in the MLB after like May or June, pretty much. So bad. Yeah, he's pretty much, he's probably done. I hope so. God, that guy's a, just rubbed you the wrong way gross so joe cal quantrell is the guy that i've always been interested in he went over from the padres to the cleveland guardians in the i believe it was the austin hedges trade maybe i don't remember it's been a while but anyways he is no longer with the guardians as he was either die fa dfa'd or non-tendered joe (laughs) you're not you're not sure (laughs) he was dfa'd or non-tendered just keeping you updated Uh how do you feel about cal quantrell and the mariners you think there's a potential fit there could be. I don't know necessarily if it's something that they would inquire about until other moves were made. So, because he's gonna he's gonna get starter opportunity elsewhere. You know what I mean? And I, you know, it is one of those situations where he had a pretty good year in twenty twenty two, had a pretty bad year in twenty twenty three. So, like, are we, you know, expecting a bounce back potentially with Cal Quantrill? I'm not overly certain with that, but you know, pitching labs can help. I don't think they would help James Karinchek, but I think they could help Cal Quantrill potentially. And, you know, it could be a fit if there's a trade that happens and we could bring Quantrill in or we can use him as some sort of like liability insurance for the Mariners pitching staff in some capacity where he could be a guy, a long arm out of the pen. But in in that same way, I, I think he would get opportunity elsewhere. Like, he can't just be our Luke Weaver for next year. He's going to get an opportunity elsewhere. Yeah, I agree with that. And honestly, he's probably going to want to start. I wouldn't be shocked to see him go somewhere where, you know, hey, like the Athletics or the Royals or someone, you know what I mean? Ugh. Just to kind of re recoup his value. In 2023, he was 28. He, in 99 innings, had an ERA of 5.24. His ERA plus was at 80. His yeah. FIP was at 4.79. Whip was almost at 1.5. He was walking 3.2 guys per nine compared to just a 5.2 per nine strikeout rate. Ooh. Not good. But 2022 in 186 innings, he was pretty damn good. He struck out 128 guys in 186 innings. Not great. 112 ERA plus. His strikeout rate was 6.2. His walk rate was about 2.3. So he was better. So this is a guy, Quantrill's a guy that the Mariners could be interested in, again, out of the bullpen. I think it would make a little bit of sense for them. Mm. As for other guys that could be leaving the Mariners, Joe, we have some of our community questions that we need to get into here. And we had one asked by Buddy saying, who do you think could be non-tendered for the Seattle Mariners? I really don't. I know when the arbitration figures came out, everyone's like, Ty France, who's going to pay Ty France like $8 million, whatever he's owed in potential arbitration. I don't think they're going to non-tender him because one, we just DFA'd Mike Ford. So there's no backup for Spaceman now, unless you're fully bought into Tyler Locklear or you are guaranteeing yourself a first baseman in free agency. It doesn't really make sense to non-tender him there. Aside from that, I don't really think there's other guys that make a lot of sense to non-tender. Like, no, I, I can't think of any. Hey, it's one of those situations where if you're going to non-tender them, why not trade them? If you can try and find some value there. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. Non-tendering for me doesn't make a lot of sense in many different situations. Yeah. But. And there there are, I'm sure there are teams out there that would want to acquire these guys that you're non-tendering. Mm-hmm. But like if you were to non-tender tie France, I mean, go call the twins. They wanted him possibly at the trade deadline. Yeah. I could see them wanting him again, you know, so do that instead. I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me to want to non-tender one of those guys, but it is what it is. Nick said, Pete Alonzo, he makes too much sense even just one year. Mets need young pitching. Mariners have it. France's decline is too risky right now in this window of winning opportunity. So if you're going to have a first baseman to hit 245, why not take 40 plus home runs, 100 plus RBI and good plus defense at first base? 
I would say that France is probably in that same ballpark with Alonso in terms of defense. I don't really think Alonso's ever been a glove first guy. I'd probably honestly say France might be better there, but first base defensive metrics are kind of a wash regardless of that. And I I don't hate, you know, the potential of Pete Alonso. And if we were to non-tender tie France, it would make a lot of sense to go get Pete Alonso, but in that same way, you know, I think there's other moves that would coincide with acquiring Pete Alonso that maybe would not out like Ty France wouldn't get non-tendered in that situation but yeah I don't know 40 homers 100 RBIs is very very lucrative does it translate from the Mets to the Mariners I'm not super sold on that like the Mets have some good offensive guys at the top of their lineup that Alonzo was able to continuously drive in not to say that he can't do that with the Mariners but we've seen guys come in here that historically had been great offensive production guys and kind of get their power sapped in certain capacity would Pete Alonso be able to put up 40 homers in T-Mobile he could be a guy to do it but I also might not want to bet on that either I have spoken pretty publicly in a lot of my videos that I don't think it's a good fit I understand the, the the desire to have Pete Alonso, but what you are going to have to give up for Pete Alonso for a year of him, and then he's probably going to test for agency and probably move on. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'd rather you go out and I'd rather you stick with Ty France personally. Sure, like, as opposed to like having trade, to trade a young pitcher, like having to trade one of Wu or Miller. Yeah, yeah, because it's definitely Wu or Miller in that conversation. It's not a it's not, not a Hancock, Hancock trade. No. I mean, of course, it doesn't have to just be Alonzo that comes back, but I would need more than just Alonzo if I was trading one of Miller or Wu and they're basically six years left of control that they both have mm. for one year of Pete Alonzo, a guy who hit 245 last year, who strikes out a lot. Yeah. I'm good. I Honestly, I'm good. You can find you can find better than that on the on the open not the open market but not on the trade market for cheaper. just in general throughout free agency. You could probably find a better fit. Mariners mm -hmm. World had a off season, I guess, prediction. Kind of like an overview. Mariners trade Emerson Hancock to the Padres for Drake Cronenworth. They signed Bellinger, five years, 110. I think the money might have to come up a little bit in terms of what's been projected for him, but I don't hate it. JD Martinez for two years, 40 million. That's what was projected, so nice. And then David Robertson, one year, 8 million. And then they call it an offseason. Colton, if that happens, how are you feeling? I don't hate it. I mean, if Bellinger and Martinez are both here, along with Cronenworth, maybe bounce back candidate for Jake Cronenworth. He can play second base. You can put him over at first base. It makes sense. And Cronenworth, I think, is due a little bit of money for the Padres. Yeah, so they sure want that They want that contract gone. Yeah, same with Trent Grisham. They want that contract gone. Maybe you get them both. It's a, it's a pure salary dump for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you figure out what to do with Trent Grisham. Maybe you can turn him around. Maybe you can't. So I don't know if Emerson Hancock is enough. But if they're willing to just eat or if they're willing to dump the salary and we take on all that salary, then sure. Then I think that the Padres probably listen. Bellinger, like you said, I think the money would need to come up. That averages out to, I think, 22 million a year. Yeah. Uh, it's probably closer. It's probably going to be closer to like 24, 25 million a year for Bellinger. Mm -hmm. um, and if he gets what MLB Trade Rumors is projecting, then I don't <laughs> want Cody it, Bellinger to even talk to the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. I mean, that 12 years is just an astronomical ask. But yeah, I, I mean, like looking at this. I would be pretty okay with that thinking about like roster construction because you were mm -hmm. adding in three major league guys. I know Cronenworth was a little bit down last year. So does the fit fully make sense? Not necessarily, but if it's a necessary evil to then allow Bellinger and Martinez to come in to help bolster that offense. And then Robertson, I mean, I don't know if it's a necessary move for the bullpen. I understand the idea behind bringing in a veteran reliever at the back end of your pen. He was terrible when he got traded to the Marlins last year. So maybe he's looking for, you know, a little bit of a reclamation project in Seattle potential because he's seen what he has seen, what Seattle has done for others in terms of bullpen arms. 
maybe they could fix David Robertson as well. I mean, not say that he's broken, but when he went to Miami, it was bad. Jake Cronenworth over the past couple of years has not been great. He had a 92 OPS plus in 2023, where he had 229, 312, 378. Uh, in 2022, he was an all-star where he hit 239, 332, 390 with a 109 OPS plus. 17 home runs in 2022, 2023, he hit 10. Uh, 2021 was really his last okay year where he hit 266, 344, 60 with a 122 OPS plus, 21 home runs. So, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know what his contract is looking like right now without pulling it up. Um, I think he's seven years, 78 million. So it's like, it's kind of like the Ryan McMahon contract with Colorado. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, seven years, 80 million. Sorry. So he signed until 2030. So there's good for good reason why the Padres want that contract off their books. But yeah, is that really worth taking? If you're a Mariners fan, you're probably going to be upset about that. But if that's a necessary evil for some of the other moves, I don't necessarily hate that overarching offseason but again that move might not be necessary and it's not like that's like a that's not that's not like an astronomical amount that's going to put the mariners over Mm-mm. like that that amount of money so sure if it gives you a bit of a safety net at second base it's a guy who can play second base shortstop first base then sure you know what i mean i'll, I'll take it he is you know one year removed from a four war season so he's you know he's decent it's just what version of jake cronenworth are you going to get especially in Seattle, you know what I mean? As far as splits yeah. go... Uh, he hit 40 home runs versus right-handed pitching throughout his career with a 253, 336, 433 slash line. Compared to left-handed pitching where he hit has hit 12 home runs, 242, 321, 383. So obviously better hitter versus right-handed pitching. We got that guy at home in Josh yeah. Rojas. So you can't make that joke again. I made that joke again. I'm good. I'm good on Jake Cronenworth. And in that previous off-season overview, Bellinger was mentioned. Fraudly rust can... Asked. <laughs> he's not watching bro with tail leaving will the mariners get bellinger so that's kind of where we're going here or stick with utility guys and or canzone and then personally i think he would regress here do you think bellinger would regress in seattle no you think he's got enough in the in the bag to keep it going as a lefty yeah and his defense i think fits the ballpark pretty well and also at first base of course if need be uh bellinger's the perfect fit in my opinion we've talked about this a lot and i don't really care how much it's going to cost even though he had two years prior to this or this season where he was not good. But, Bad. I mean, hopefully hopefully he found something there with the Cubs that, you know, kind of he figures he figured it out. And I think that he's the perfect fit for the Mariners. I really do. And replacing Teo with Bellinger, in my opinion, if Bellinger has the same season, leagues above what Teo was this yeah. season. Leagues, mm-hmm. not even close. If Bellinger has the same season for the Mariners that he had with the Cubs. Yeah, and looking at it, if we're sticking with utility guys... I'd probably just going to gouge my eyes out. Like I, there's so many better options available and to not even want to entertain them with the chance of, you know, bringing them in. It just would feel very short-sighted to me. And then not to say that Canzone couldn't develop into an everyday major league player, but with what we saw from him last year and the limited opportunities that he got, I'm not sold on the fact that he is an everyday player as it stands. I think, you know, rolling into spring training is kind of depending on what he's looking like. I would rather bet on a Bellinger with potential regression than utility slash can zone, in my opinion. I completely agree with that. Uh, There's still a lot that goes into Cody Bellinger, for example, that could really fit the Mariners offensive plans going into 2024. And I talked about in this video here. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 35 of the Hit It Here podcast brought to you by Bet Online. We appreciate you guys watching this one and go Mariners.